0: We welcome in Bill Simmons. Bill, welcome. How are you?
1: What a pleasure, Mike. How
0: are you? Good. What's going on? I don't know. Freaking out about my Celtics. That's what I want to start with. That's what we that, let's. First of all, let's before we get to that, tell me what's new in your life of anything, and then we'll get to the Celtics. Anything new?
1: Have we're at month eleven of the Ringer which is I don't know. We have a bunch of people working. That's for Working for us now, big sports and pop culture site, big podcast network, doing video, all that stuff. It's been
0: uh, so you're doing. Been a, a dream how, come true. You're doing videos. How how many videos? Do You do one a week, two a week. How many videos you do a week?
1: We're we're pumping out probably like six, seven, eight.
0: How about you personally, or YouTube? Are huh? you do, you doing six, seven, eight yourself? No,
1: no, I'm not in them. We're just we're making oh, okay. them our creative team. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah.
0: Okay, so are you yeah. doing any podcast yourself?
1: I am. I have my podcast, which I just. Did, uh had my 200th last week. Uh, we passed over 100 million downloads, the Bill Simmons podcast. Good. And it's been fun, the whole podcast universe. I know you're, you're thinking about dipping your toes in Well, right?
0: I, you know, I've, I, I can't. I promised these guys I wouldn't spend a lot of time on what what's the future might hold. But I have met with a couple of these companies. And they've you know formulating some things for me, so I'm just kind of yeah i mean they've just you know some have made me some uh, preliminary offers and stuff like that but i'm just oh i'm not God. down I'm not down the road yet to be honest with you i'm I'm still learning about the process to be honest with you. We have to have a business meeting. We do. How great would that be? Well, come on. It's funny. At Francesca the the most popular thing there was that I was going to be working for you in the future. That was the most popular decision from all <laughs> the people I think be working there. for you. I don't know. Well, either way, it will work out. Okay. <laughs> now, all right, let's get to the Celtics. First of all, yeah. going into the series, and I can't tell you, I have to tell you, I didn't give the series a lot of thought where I said, I'm worried, I'm this, I'm not, I didn't think about it. And then I watched game one and I said, my God, this is a matchup nightmare for the Celtics. What did you think going in?
1: So I actually went on our Ringer NBA show podcast on Friday and was made the whole long point about that. I didn't think this was a very good Celtics team. I would have been super worried if they played Miami as the eighth seed. But basically I was like, thank God it's Chicago they're never losing to Chicago. Fred Hoiberg can never win a playoff series. <laughs> I have all these <laughs> <laughs> terrible things that I said. Uh, I did not see it coming. I, but, you know, the, Isaiah Thomas and, and his sister's uh, tragic death, like it unquestionably changed um the Celtics going into that game. I don't you think know? there's any question. I think question. This is a bad matchup. It yes, was, anyway, was a bad though. Matchup anyway.
0: It's a bad basketball matchup. They can't rebound well and they're getting they no. don't have the best player on the floor and they're getting nope. killed in the backcourt.
1: Yeah, so I went to game 1 and you know, it was a big question leading up to that game. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Right. Uh he's crying and not only just uh, a couple hours before the game but in the pregame intro. He went to the corner, and he was crying during that. Horrific, I, horrific. My kids were sitting 10 feet away from him, and this guy's crying. He's about to start playing the game. Horrific. The energy was off, and the Bulls didn't care. They have veteran guys. Yep. They did not feel bad about the situation. They shouldn't have. They're trying to win a playoff game. Came out super physical. And I got to say, like, being there and watching it in person, which I think you can always pick up a couple things versus being no question. On like, no question TV. No question. Rondo knew every play that was coming, and he's jumping passing lanes, and he's screwing up plays, and he's basically like, oh, they're doing this, I'm going to go here. And the combination of that and Robin Lopez and the size they had, oh. guys, they had two straight games where bench guys that oh, don't play Oh, Portis killed well them in shot. game one. Portis right. killed them. And then oh. the
0: German in game two. Yes, Yep. So um, And, every, so time, and every time in game two where it seemed like the Celtics were finally revving it up, 36 yeah. up, 60-59, they were like, okay, let's go score eight in a row now. Okay, now here's our answer. Boom, boom, boom. Right. Now we're down 10 again. So every time you, I'm watching the game, and every time I thought, all right, the Celtics got a little momentum, they would just give them the back of their hand and put six straight points up. Totally.
1: And, you know, and this was a pretty flawed Celtics team. And you know, I I I'm a huge Celtics fan. I never thought this was a team that should be a one seed. No, obviously. But you know, they had 12, 13 games during the season that they probably could have lost, and Isaiah just put his Superman cape up, came, cape on, and and won the fourth quarter. And the difference this time around, you know, he was off. Understandably, I felt terrible for him for two straight games. But they just have no Plan B. I mean, I was sitting there in Game One. And they can't generate any offense unless he's on the court. I'm saying to my dad, my dad's having a heart attack watching. I'm like, yep. I'm like, we might have to play Gerald Green. And he's like, yeah, we might have to. Like, Gerald Green's like the 13th man on this team. <laughs>
0: well, they basically uh, tried everybody.
1: Right. And I think, you know, everybody was confused why the Celtics didn't do anything at the trade deadline, myself included. Right. I think some of the trades that people thought were on the table were not. I don't think What Indiana do you think the ever.
0: best realistic trade on the table could have been?
1: Well, I think they could have gotten Serge Ibaka. I think they could have gotten Boyan Bogdanovich. They could have gotten guys that made, you know, the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth spots. On but the they couldn't better get George, right? Pace. They weren't getting George, so, right? Paul right. George is not on the table, and this right. is like, it turns into almost like uh, the sports version of fake news, right? Where I'm getting emails and tweets from people, and they're like, "Oh, it's your fault. You didn't trade for Paul George." Just <laughs> like, well, we didn't trade for Russell Westbrook either. Like hey, these guys aren't on the table. Uh, I think what happened at the trade deadline was the Lakers, not knowing if the Lakers were going to have their pick or not, made these teams really smartly decide to wait until the summer. Because if you're Chicago and the Lakers have a top three pick and the Celtics have a top three pick, and you can play them off each other for Jimmy Butler, same thing for Indiana with Paul George. like You have to wait for that. It didn't make sense for those teams to trade. I, I
0: totally agree. Let me ask you this. We're talking with Bill Simmons, of course. um, about the Celtics, is there anybody yeah. on that team that is going to get angry enough to look his teammates in the face and say, listen, we just got embarrassed, and now R- Rondo wants to basically just mortify us, as he said when they said they quit leaving mm. the floor in game two. Yeah. Uh, the bottom line is, is there anybody who has that kind of temperament on that Celtic team?
1: Yeah, there's a, it's a whole team of guys that overachieved and have been counted out and have a chip on their shoulder. I mean, I, I think that's what made the last couple years special. It's you just go on down the line, all guys that either were supposed to be good and fell out of the lottery or guys that were never good. So you think chance.
0: they'll get angry in game three?
1: I don't know. Because the difference in this situation is Isaiah is the lifeblood of the team. Right. He just is. And if he's off and if he's whatever he's going through, you just don't know. And, they don't have a plan B. It has to be him. They're not a very good team. And I think, you know, even though I look back down at the trade deadline, I think I think the Celtics knew it. I think they knew they didn't have a great team. Oh, I think and they know that's that. That's real, why I don't, think,
0: I don't think anybody's going to be stunned internally. I just made that point just a couple minutes ago, Bill. I don't think anybody inside the Celtics is going to be stunned if they lose this series where they're going to say, oh, we thought we were this. I think right. they realize they're not that good.
1: I will say, though, Mike, they, they've been resilient the last couple of years. And there's been moments, especially this year, like they're on a West Coast trip this year, and they weren't playing well. And they're going into Golden State, and it looked like the season was starting to go in the wrong direction. And then they beat Golden State in Golden State. I like
0: remember.
1: Every time you count them out, that's the game when they when Can they Can you see three. them
0: coming back in this series?
1: Absolutely. You can. I absolutely could. Do See, I think they will? Watching I would have bet games,
0: on it. no, watching games 1 and 2 and just forget the uniforms, just watching games 1 and 2, they look as dead as dead could possibly be. I mean, the yeah, matchups they, are terrible. They don't right. look like they have any chance to rebound the basketball. They look like that it looks almost like Rondo was toying with them at the end of game 2.
1: I think they made the same mistake OKC made in the Houston series where their best chance is going to be to go small. And just to kind of ramp up the pace a little bit and make threes. The Celtics, if they don't make threes, they're not going to get out of round one anyway. So you've got to gamble on that a little bit. But OKC is the same thing. Like, I thought OKC was playing the LaRong lineups and the wrong combinations, especially last night. And the Celtics, same thing. There were guys, he played 13 guys in two games, and I'm not even sure he was playing the right guys. I would have gone smaller and tried to beat them with a little more speed and shooting. OKC, you know, their advantage. Against uh, against Houston is not like throwing canter out there, which they already learned in Game Two. But uh, I I think they're better off putting shooters around Westbrook and <laughs> not putting Westbrook in a situation where he feels like it's a good idea to shoot forty three times.
0: Oh my blank. God! It's Have you ever seen that no, in your life? No, it's not even you know. And my kids get into it because they're like, oh we got to watch Westbrook and Harden and I'm like guys, this is not basketball. This is no. not basketball.
1: No, it's and he played for the first two and a half quarters of that game. I thought he was remarkable. Like I really
0: thought it was. He is remarkable. being, you know, yeah, I thought he, it was, he is. Remarkable. I think he's putting
1: together one of the great games. He and is then,
0: remarkable. His effort that he gives is unbelievable. It really is. Yeah, the, 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 and he the, just, the way, the intensity. He yeah, he does. The effort that he gives is is utterly on every play. And the only other guy I ever thought that about recently is LeBron. There's times we just say the effort is just so overwhelming. Westbrook's yeah. effort is just amazing. The amount of energy he has is remarkable.
1: And his resilience and the, all that stuff. The problem is, in a game like last night, you're not going to beat a good team by yourself. Nope, it's not you can't. And you're not going to beat a good team if you don't trust your teammates. He didn't. And I, I, to me, it's like it's a chicken-and-egg thing a little bit where people are like, well, his teammates aren't good. And it's like, well, I, you know, I've been watching basketball my whole life. If you don't trust your teammates and you never pass to them unless you have to and you're doing everything... And then they're just expected. The moment you decide it's okay for them to shoot, then they have to make the shot. That's not a way to play. Like they were up sixteen to four in the beginning of that game. Westbrook was distributing. Guys were playing well. Like they have to play, you know, as a five-man unit. The one-man thing just doesn't work. There were guys open that whole fourth quarter. McDermott was playing well. Like McDermott made four or five.
0: Forty-three shots is insanity. Uh, It's when you think like,
1: yeah, I mean, nobody since nineteen eighty-four. Since they started keeping track, at least on Basketball Reference, on the site I checked, yeah. nobody had taken that many shots in a game. I mean, Hard, not Hard. one playoff, not one playoff performer. Think ever. about
0: this: Harden scored 35 points; and took 17 <laughs> shots. Right,
1: and you know, and people will say, "Well, he has a better team." He, yeah, the team probably fits better around him. But it, it does. From, yes. but they, you know, OKC has guys like Oladipo, almost basically signed a max contract. Tanner signed a $75 million deal. Adams coming out of the playoffs last year was considered to be either the best young center in the league or one of the best young centers. Robertson was considered to be the best young swingman defender we had. McDermott was a lottery pick. These are guys that have talent. They're not busts, and it's his job to figure out how to make them better. And when he just goes one-man show, I mean, you know, Barkley takes a lot of crap these days, and some of it is fair and some of it's not fair. But a lot of times coming into that show, when you after a game like that, when you watch Kenny and Barkley and Shaq, and they do the old guys who used to play on the couch thing, and sometimes it really rings true when they're upset about something. Those guys were... To them, it wasn't basketball. It wasn't for me the same either. way we, p- we felt. It no, was I, like, tell, I was trying this? to tell I'm my kids. i
0: celebrating this. They, I was trying to tell my kids this isn't good. This isn't, and they're like, ah, come on, look at this. This is awesome. Come on, you might get 50. I'm like, this is not basketball. This is right. not the way it's supposed to be played. And then the one thing in the East, and I want to get back to the Celtics with Bill in a minute, but yeah, Washington that backcourt, that's the real threat to Cleveland. And that backcourt, yes. and I know they supposedly hate each other, and I, I, I've i heard that. I don't know that, but I've heard that. I don't know if they true. have meshed into a wonderful, classic backcourt now, when one is speed and fire and the other one is a great shooter and they're splitting 60 points and playing defense and doing, that's a dangerous team right now with that backcourt. Especially if Porter plays well, that's a dangerous basketball team.
1: And I, I really like Toronto, too. I know toronto threw people off with how the bucks are just the bucks are a nightmare they're young and they're long and they're weird and Giannis is unlike anyone in the league and i think they really struggled with their length and athleticism i think any team against playing the bucks would struggle with that i still like toronto's the flexibility they have the way they can play defense when they have to to me, the playoffs eventually comes down to defense. It's what decides every series. Defense, and you got to make a
0: shot when it counts. And you need a shot maker, yeah. you right. you got to have a In shot Washington, maker,
1: yes. So Washington's flaw was, you know, defensively, their best lineup is when Bogdanovich is out there. Yep. And you know, against the wrong team, you can't play him. Like, if they play the Warriors in a series, you can't play Bogdanovich because he can't guard Durant. Like, Durant's going to have 60
0: points. Nobody's beating the Warriors anyway. Right. But they could give Cleveland some some problems, though, from this standpoint. Because Cleveland's defense has gotten so bad now, LeBron has to give up a little on defense for the first time in his career. He can't be the do-everything defender anymore and still give you all those minutes. So, Wall's going to cause trouble, and Wall's finally learned how to harness his speed and learned how to play through it without taking nightmarish shots the whole game. So he's become yeah. a much better player now. So he's, he's learned how to harness it. I'm that. with you. Yeah,
1: I, I really like that Wizards team. I saw them in person a couple of weeks ago. They lost to the Clippers. But Wall's speed and athleticism, and I wrote this uh, last week in my MVP column, he, you know, He's basically Westbrook without the press. He, uh, he's become when a really you see him good in person, player. Yes. He is, he's breathtaking to yeah. watch in person. He so might be fast. the fastest guy I've ever seen in my so life. So fast. And, yeah, and against Cleveland, you know, you look at the history of older teams that have the old famous on-off switch, and the teams that have been able to, uh, to turn it up in the playoffs and turn back the switch are usually teams that have some basis of defensive identity. Like I think the 2010 Celtics are a good example where yep. I think they were like 25 and 25 in their last 50 games and they turned it on. But, you know, you can turn it on when you have Kevin Garnett as the anchor and Paul Pierce and Rondo and guys who knew where to go and what to do. I watched this Cleveland team. No lead is safe with them. The defense is terrible. to watch, but they're up 15 with four minutes left. The lead's not safe. The other no. team could score ten in a row and come back. They have fallen so, so, so far good.
0: defensively. Yeah. It's scary. We're talking about Bill Simmons. Let me get back to the Celtics for two things. One, tell me what is the city's reaction, and is it realistic or unrealistic the city's reaction to the Celtics?
1: I think people really love this team, and you could feel it in that game. The game was really emotional. You know, he hit a three early on there from 28, 29 feet. And the crowd got as loud as I've heard. I mean, I've been to some unbelievable Celtic games, most of the relevant bird games, all that stuff. I was there for a lot of the 2008, uh, 2002, the comeback nets. When they hit that three, it was about as loud as I've ever heard of there. I mean, it was like, it was such a release. And people, you know, people love that guy. And that's the thing I don't from the outside of the country I don't think people really fully see it because you wouldn't know, but, you know, he's starting to take on this David Ortiz type of so So he's that popular in a town. He's that popular, he, huh? He is the most popular guy that they, I think they have ever had with little kids. Really? You know? Yeah, I really do. I, I mean, Bird doesn't count. Bird was like a deity, but uh, but since Bird, yeah, he's he's little like kids, you know? Kids look at him and that's like, that's me. I'm the little guy. I, if I was out there, I would be that guy. And the way that he kept, you know, just pulling fourth quarters out of his butt to help them win. And just how he had one of the crazy, Mike, he had one of the craziest offensive seasons.
0: Oh, I know. I mean, average In the 10, history of the guard position. It's crazy. And he averaged 10 points a fourth quarter. I mean, he it was, it was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. It, and, a, makes a, and he made a lot of shots, too. He makes crazy shots, too.
1: I think there's like six. I looked it up. There's like six guys ever who averaged. 28 points a game playing less than 35 minutes. And it's all the guys you, it's like, you know, Gervin, Westbrook, all these guys. Like, that's the kind of season he had. So, you know, the thing for me, it's hard to say, all right, how much, obviously, this stuff understandably, you know, really affected him. But it's the little stuff. Like he missed a lot of free throws in those first two games. He was a ninety percent free throw shooter. That's where you look at it and you go, "Oh yeah, this guy's sister just no, died. that's that shouldn't be yeah. playing."
0: That, that's that's you just wait, and there's no way to calculate that. There really is no. You yeah. can't
1: and and as I said, like if he's affected, then the team, the ceiling of the team just dramatically. How about
0: Stevens know? handling this? How, how how is he doing with this?
1: It uh. I don't think he played the right guys. I, I think he made a mistake, especially in the first game. Jalen Brown, who I think is really talented, and if you look at his stats in his rookie year versus Paul George's stats and Paul George's rookie year, it's basically the same. Like you're, you're taking a kid one year out of college and put him in the swingman position. Like they're going to be up and down. But he, you know, he tried him. He tried Olenek, who's really been bad for two months. He threw Tyler Zeller out there. I didn't really agree with the guys that he was putting faith in. To me, it's like, if you're going to beat this Bulls team, go with, like, your seven guys who are the least scared and the guys who are just going to be out there, balls to the wall. And, you know, I think Rogier probably should have played more. I I would have played Jarebko more because – Jarebko, I was calling him Jarebko. But uh, but he's somebody that's been pretty fearless in some big games. And – you know, Gerald Green's another one. Gerald Green's those, the rational confidence. I think I'm better than everyone on the court. Well, you He's needed so someone not. who wasn't
0: going to get intimidated by Butler in the fourth quarter yeah. of that game because Butler, you know, in the second half just took over, and they put up 32 points in the fourth quarter. I mean, the Celtics yeah. allowed them to score so many big trips in the fourth quarter. It was crazy. I'll tell
1: you this, though. Jimmy Butler's really good. I didn't vote for him for All-NBA because it was the deepest – pool since I've had a ballot. It was just my fourth team in all NBA could have arguably been better than the third team. But I just felt like if he's that good, that team basically was a 500 team. I can't support it. Then you watch him in game one and it's like, he's just going to get his 30. He can guard anybody. Like he's going to, there's going to be a game. I don't know which one in this series where he's going to guard Isaiah in the last four minutes of the game. And there's not a lot of guys who on the one end could be the best swingman scorer in the game and on the other end guard a 5-7 point guard. So he's really good. Rondo had a great renaissance. Wade still knows what he's doing. Yep. Lopez, um, you know, who the Knicks basically gave away for Derrick Rose, yep. which was ter- one of the 20 ter- Can we talk about the Knicks? No, yeah, well, I'll get to the Knicks. People uh, not perhaps, care. No, no, no.
0: We'll get to the Knicks, absolutely. But okay. you know what? This is. The, the, it, we'll get to them. But you know, the amazing thing is You're right. Butler probably. And that year, well, they were so dysfunctional as a team this year, the Bulls, that nobody paid attention to them. But Butler Butler is that kind of talent. I mean, let's be honest. I understand he's fighting about how much he's worth and everything else. But he is a legitimately, you you know, top player. He is a heck of a player. No question.
1: And I, I saw them... Butler-George
0: is, you know, is not... Oh, you it's think, an argument. Yeah, you look at... I think Butler's at, better. You look at Butler, George, Green, these guys like that. There's all, you know, and Leonard. But those four, right? Someone asked me this the other day. Let me hear you rank them. Rank those four players. I know you're going to put Leonard first, but Leonard, Green, Butler, George. What order would you take them?
1: I, I voted Green for Defensive Player of the Year, third-team All-NBA. Thought about him for second-team. I, I think defensively, there's never really been anyone quite like him other than Dennis Rodman, somebody that can be the rim protector, um, can have these huge momentum swinging blocks in games, but then could also just guard anybody. And the ferocity and intensity he has, I think, is what makes that team special. Like that for them not to lose anything when they were missing Durant for 20 games is really crazy. It's a three-man team with like a couple half-decent bench guys, but they had no rim protection whatsoever. You know, and if
0: it's not for him... The uh, block you made on Sunday in a Portland game was unbelievable. Yeah, and you know,
1: I think people are starting to see it now after last night. I I was thinking this... I actually went and looked to see if I could bet on this, and there's no way to bet on it, but... You know, there's 16-0 and 0 potential with this Warriors team.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I told people I don't think there's any chance they lose the championship. Any chance. Not. And Cleveland's they They'd have g- to have an injury. Cleveland's going to— And I think LeBron's whole frustration— We're talking, of course, with Bill Simmons. LeBron's whole frustration, I thought, was when he went out there and they got schooled in, I think it was January, and he realized, I can't beat that team this year no matter what I do. And they're going to go to the finals, Cleveland, and— they're going to get beat in four or five games. I mean, that's what's going I think, to happen. See,
1: I think, it got, I think that LeBron thing went a little deeper. And this is, I will fully admit, it's a conspiracy theory. So the blo- blogs aren't allowed to put this in the headline like Simmons thinks. that. Like it's, just, it's literally just a theory from somebody who watches basketball. I think that was his way of telling them that he thought they should trade love for Carmelo. I really do. I, I think he assessed the situation and was just like, we're just... But couldn't you know, he have gotten that good- done if he wanted to? I don't
0: know. I don't think that team,
1: as crazy as it sounds, I'm not I'm not positive either they don't work that way or he wouldn't want to be the one who made that trade. But, you know, defensively, they're screwed anyway. And then if you look at it like, well, if they're screwed anyway, who's a better offensive player and who's a better fit with Tristan Thompson, Carmelo, or Love? It's a pretty good argument. But that's how I took that. And I, I think... When somebody just keeps talking about how dissatisfied they are with their supporting cast...
0: Don't you really think he got to a point when he looked at them one night and said, my God, I have no chance against these guys this year?
1: Yeah, but he's still LeBron. And we said he had no chance last year. Well, last year he did have a chance, but
0: this year, you know, you got to deal with Durant on top of the other three. I mean, they got four of the top 12 or 13 players in the league on one team.
1: Right. And you also... The East is so much better this year. You know, like they they get through this they get through this series indiana who's you know easily could have won both of those games easily and then you go you go to round 2 you're going against washington that is just much more athletic than them that knows they can beat them they get great 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 crowds you know really 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 good home crowds now for these games people just love this team and guys who aren't scared you know you go down the list it's like there's seven guys in that team who are not going to be phased when they're playing LeBron in a big game. And, you know, it's a problem.
0: No question. So, then you get
1: by them, and you got to play probably uh, Toronto. Uh, oh, no, it would be Washington in round three. I guess yes. they'd play Toronto that, in that That'll
0: be the fear. That'll be the scare. Because they could get scared. They could actually – I don't think they get beat. But I tell you, they're going to go to the finals, and the finals but, well, way ahead of itself. But they're going to be ugly. But go back to those four guys again. Would you take Green over Leonard? No, Leonard to you me. You got to take Leonard. I almost voted for Leonard for MVP. Yeah, he's unbelievable. So Leonard he's, Green, and then who would you take? Butler or George? I'd rather have Butler. I actually think uh, I don't love
1: Paul George um, as as uh, as your best guy on a championship team. I think like the ideal situation if he was in, uh, you know, like let's say he's on Boston, he's with Isaiah Thomas. He doesn't have to be the guy offensively. And he's kind of like the rich man's version of Scottie Pippen with MJ. Not to compare Isaiah to MJ, but you know what I mean. Yep. I don't know if he's the best guy in a championship team. Jimmy Butler, to me, feels like could is a little more of that.
0: Who do the Celtics want either, next year? They want Hayward? Is that who they want?
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot of Hayward rumors. I mean, Butler, I, I when he went to Butler, Brad Stevens recruited him. But Brad Stevens was recruiting him when nobody else was recruiting him. And I think there's there's a school of thought that their relationship is just so strong that unless Utah makes a real run here in the in the West
0: that If they get killed in this series, does Stevens take a beating or is it okay?
1: No, because I mean the the people around the league that I've talked to Looked at those first two games and were like, wow, how did Brad get the number one seed with this team?
0: No, I agree with that. I just wanted to – I'm asking it from a city standpoint. Did they leave him alone no. or do they beat on him up? They, they like him up there?
1: I don't think anybody thought this was a, a real championship. I, 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 would I hope not. Didn't. I would hope yeah. not. And I think really they're, they're in this unbelievable situation where they have this Brooklyn pick that has – I think it's like a 25% chance of being won. Yep. It's got a 67% chance of being in the top three. And then they have Brooklyn's pick again next year. Oh, they have all these other assets. They have a lot of salary flexibility. And they're on their way to big and, things, yeah. Yeah, and Fultz, Fultz is a potential franchise best guy in the championship team kind of guy. I mean, he really does seem like he's. Sure There's good
0: players in this draft. I mean, they they obviously oh don't God. need a they don't need a fox, but fox is going to be a really good pro, really good. Pro. I
1: love fox. I love fox. fox he's is a lot
0: like Wall. He's like a refined Wall. Not as fast, but a refined Wall. He can play. He's going to be a really good pro.
1: And he's already an A lister defensively, and that's why, like, you know, the, the people barely cover these these ping pong coin flips. So, like, I, I didn't even know that the Knicks and Timberwolves – first of all, how's that on TV? The Knicks and Timberwolves are flipping for the sixth pick or however they do it. Yep. And then in classic Knicks fashion, they lose. Of course they lose. So now they're seven. And it's like you look at this draft, and it, if the, I think there's six, and then it drops off a little. <laughs>
0: <laughs> of course it like, does.
1: This can be Curry Jordan Hill Of cor- Of course it does. Like, what else is new? The team is so snakebit.
0: Oh, it, my it, God. Well, hold it there. We're going to come back with Bill Simmons and talk about the Knicks. But first, let's get a break in right now. Go ahead. Bill Simmons with us. All right, Knicks, go ahead. Take it away.
1: Wow. You know, I'm supposed to hate the Knicks because they're a New York team and I'm from Boston. And we've never really been rivalries because there are a rivalry because the Knicks just have not been successful other than a couple short stretches. But like, even when I did something with Russell many, many years ago, 2012, like I brought up the Knicks. He just started laughing. Yeah. Like, we beat them every time. They weren't our rival. Like it was, ridiculous.
0: it was only during those Cowan's, a hindsight Cowan's Havlicek days. That were it. That was it.
1: It counts. You had the one
0: Bernard King year, right, and then you had the
1: one year when Ewing yep. beat them in the Garden yep. with the three, and that's really that's it. The so Riley's yeah. bull, Riley's uh, bully ball era. The Celtics were fading away at that point, but um, it's just you know it's it's incompetence, it's really poor ownership, it's bad luck. How about Phil? It's a lack of a plan. It's Phil Jackson who, you know, if Philly takes Porzingis instead of Okafor, Phil Jackson's. Um, has it been three years now yep. would have to rank them on the worst three year stretches in the history of the NBA. Are you surprised by
0: either. Phil Jackson's lack of, no. lack of lack of ability here?
1: I am not. And in fact, I was on the ESPN show that spring when they hired him and I felt like I was in the minority on this, but I was like, how do we know? I know the Knicks fans are fired up. He's the link to Bradley and to Busher and Willis, all these guys. He's had a lot of success. I get it. None of this means he'll be a good front office executive. He's going to, at that point, it seemed like he was going to be bi-coastal. And I'm like, it's a really hard job to run a team. That's what makes it absurd when, like, Doc Rivers tries to coach and run the Clippers at the same time. This is a full-time job. The Celtics have two GMs. They have Danny Ainge and Mike Zarin. You know, Mike Zarin's the assistant, but he's a full-fledged GM who does all the GM stuff for them, too. And for Phil to think that this was just, hey, we're going to bring in the triangle, and here's Kurt Rambis, and... We're going to bring back uh, this prehistoric offense that makes absolutely no sense in the 2010s, no sense whatsoever.
0: Plus, he still tinkers and runs everything, so he's, he, yeah. he's screwing everything up from a distance is what he's doing.
1: Yeah, and then it's like, all right, if you're going to do the Derrick Rose trade, I get it. You're clearing cap space. You may you're admitting that maybe you should be playing for the future and not right now. You're clearing cap. You're going to make a run for next summer, but no, then he signs joking Noah. Ugh. And Courtney Lee, so he ties up his cap space anyway. And, you know, the way he's handled the Carmelo thing, like just as somebody who's been in the leadership position a couple of times and still is, like I, I I just think it's catastrophic to handle your business that way. Carmelo's your best player. You've tried to embarrass him now for three solid months. You've made a point that he doesn't fit in with what you want to do. If, you, if he doesn't fit in with what you want to do, why'd you sign him? Why'd you give him a no-trade clause? It
0: made no sense. What are you doing? Made no, I mean, so, from day one it made no sense. And if you're a Knicks fan,
1: and I know a lot of them are listening right now, like all the Knicks fans care about, all they care about is Porzingis and this lottery pick, and that's it. Those are the two things. Nothing else matters. None of these other guys really matter. Um, Phil, Phil's going to be gone in two years. They'll have another coach in two years. Dolan will never go away because he'll probably live till he's 170. But um, Porzingis is the one who matters. And now you've pissed off Porzingis. Yeah, and now you've made it so that he doesn't really seem like he wants to be on the Knicks anymore, and with reason because he's had a miserable two year experience. That's it. They, 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 like,
0: they've stunted his growth. They've stunted his growth. They put him
1: on a team with two ball hogs. Yep. Who never looked at him in the last seven minutes never, of the game, even never. when he was red hot. Never. And here's this guy who's if you're if a stretch five, if you could just create a stretch five from scratch, he's who you would create a seven foot three guy who oh, can protect the rim please. and shoot threes. And now he's mad at the team. And, and on top of it, they're bringing back the triangle.
0: Which is, listen, the whole thing is, it's, 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 it's horrific is what it is. It's, it's almost, it's, it's as bad a nightmare as you could possibly have. And it's not going to get any better for a couple of years. It's it, just except not. here's
1: the thing. You lived through this nightmare already with Scott Layden. And you lived through this nightmare already with Isaiah Thomas. And then you lived through it again with the whole weird Donnie Walsh era. And now it's the fourth time you've lived through it. And somebody emailed me. Since 2002, the Sonics have more playoff wins than the New York Knicks. They have eight playoff wins. The Knicks have seven. This is a team that disbanded in 2008, moved to Oklahoma City. They have more playoff wins than the Knicks.
0: Enough! I can't take so, anymore. I can't take anymore. Yeah,
1: I mean, as a Celtics fan, selfishly, I'm looking at it like, man, if if Porzingis is on the table, could we get him for the Brooklyn pick? Like, I would, no matter what spot that pick is, I would trade it for Porzingis. Um, but you know they've they've murdered the value, the trade value of Carmelo, and if anything, they strengthened his resolve to want to stay just to stick it to Phil. No,
0: I think he finally wants out. I think I would I would I think hope so. I would I would think. Although, like you said, they, he he went into this uh, meeting with the media today and completely devalued his his own player. I mean, completely and utterly devalued. Before he wanted to announced he was trading him, he devalued him before he traded him. Right. Which, and
1: it, this is a guy yeah. who. Will really only accept a trade to like a couple teams because Phil stupidly gave him a no trade clause, and just all of it's weird. Like, why is he tweeting? Uh, he's I, I, he's I running don't think- a Knicks team. Why are you Why are you on Twitter? Like, doing cryptic tweets and what's your plan? Like, are you really going to run the triangle next year? You're going to do that when we're watching a team like Houston that has figured out how to space the floor in this new wave way that nobody in Golden State and even a team like the Celtics can ride a gimmick to 53 wins, and you're going to be the team that keeps long twos alive? I, I just think it's insane. I, if I was a Knicks fan, I, I don't know how many columns I would have written by now. Well, they like are. I mean, columns.
0: everyone feels that way, so everyone is that depressed. I, I, listen, 166 losses in three years is all you need. Uh, we're talking with Bill Simmons uh, as we so, – so let me get back to this for a second. So you still think right now – You can make a case for me that the Celtics can come back in this series.
1: Yeah, because Chicago was a 500 team all season and a team that was, I think, 31 and 30 at one point and then lost nine of their next 12. And people were wondering if they were quitting on the floor during games. Like, yeah I, they, I would have to have a, they
0: would have to have a fight in the locker room which is capable they're capable of, but i mean they would have to have one here because if they can stay somewhat in the same pull in the same direction, especially with with days off between games, they are going right. to be nightmarish in the series they just yeah are.
1: they need to the south need to win one in Chicago. and
0: throw them into some kind of fight that would be the, then it would be perfect i mean throw them well, in
1: The other frustrating thing about those first two games, which, again, is totally understandable because of the mood of the team, but, you know, it's the playoffs, and guys on the Bulls are just around the rim all the time, and they're going to the basket with impunity and all this stuff, and at some point, you got to remember, it's the playoffs, and you got to knock somebody down. I think OKC is in the same spot. OKC... It's now time to knock Lou Williams down and send him into the basket support and get a flagrant foul. And it's, I'm not advocating violence, I'm just advocating it's the playoffs. You don't want to let people get comfortable and start feeling themselves. And, you know, it's a fight. You got to fight. So the Celtics have to fight. I am convinced after watching them for the last couple years that this is exactly the moment when they do fight. And if they don't fight in Game Three, then there's something really wrong.
0: It'll be it'll be really it'll, it'll be fascinating it. to watch. And then you have the Clippers, who I've never liked, and uh, oh my god, they're lucky that Utah sustained an injury; otherwise, they would lose that series. They won't now, but they would have.
1: I think they still could. And if you watch Game, I went to Game Two, so I, I was watching it pretty closely. You know, Utah had a bunch of chances. Where it's like, "Oh, if Joe Johnson hits this one three, it's a three point game, and they have momentum. It's like every time they had a chance to make a momentum play, they missed the shot. But you know what's what's really interesting about the clippers, and I have experience with this as you know a longtime Red Sox fan who still has all the pre two thousand four scars, you, they, it's a it's a crowd that just gets super tight. So even if it's game seven, and they don't they the clippers go into a bad stretch in the third or fourth quarter. All of these skeletons come up. It's a team that, especially in the Chris Paul era, has self-combusted over and over and over and over again in crunch time, and especially this year. So you have that, and then you have the whole history of the franchise, and you can feel it when you're at the game. Like I, I even, at halftime of game, too, the guy who sits behind me who was like, Hey, Bill, is this going to be the last half we ever watch Blake and Chris together? And we, we like we had a serious conversation about it. It's like, yeah, if they lose this game, they're going to get swept, and these guys will never be on the Well, there is this game. thought
0: that he's going to break this whole thing up, and that Doc Rivers is going to go to Orlando, and everything else. You buy into yeah. this stuff?
1: I, I actually do. Oh, I, you do? I think, okay. I think. I think. Uh, first of all, red flag that Orlando is being like, yeah, we're not really going to look for a GM yet. We <laughs> want to see how the
0: playoffs turn out. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That means Doc's uh, already signed. Okay.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. you know Doc. I, I think. People out here in L.A. are kind of hip to some of the stuff that's been going on. I To try to run the team and coach it, I think, is a really tall task. But to also do that when you're playing golf four days a week and five days a week at Bel Air and these other clubs, I yeah, think that's the problem, too. That is too. tough.
0: Yeah, that is tough. Yeah, it really is. it's like
1: you should probably spend more time with DeAndre Jordan than Al
0: Michaels. But uh, <laughs> shout out but everyone to Al, by the way. Doc. Everyone likes Doc, anyway. You know that. Oh, he's the best. He's the, he's he's a the nicest guy. guy, and 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 you know, from someone who has played golf with him, because I did play golf with Breen and, and Doc. So Doc likes to play golf, as we know. He he's does. a great guy. He he's a I, wonderful I, by guy. By
1: all accounts, great guy, fun to play yes. with. But. You know, from a roster. The Clippers are worthless.
0: Let's be. You want to talk about a team that's worthless? They've always been worthless, and I never would yeah. trust them with anything. Here we go. I got to get under this. Here we go. Just came over, and it was the rumor. So it's it, now it's official. Pats host Chief in the opening game of the season. The Chiefs at the Pats. The first Sunday night game, which I gave you a long time ago, was, was my audience was Giants and Cowboys again in, the, uh, in Dallas for the season opener on Sunday night, third straight year that that will happen. Uh, fifth time in six years they will meet in the week one, the Cowboys and the Giants. Fifth time in six years. Vikings open the season on Monday night at home against the Saints. Okay, yeah. so that's your Monday night game. I thought they were going to have the Falcons in a f- premier spot, but it looks like they're not. Uh, in the opening week, so uh, that's your opening week big games: the Vikings and the Saints on Monday night, the Giants and the Cowboys on Sunday night, and the first game of the season will be the Patriots will open their season against the Chiefs. Mike, uh, how can we
1: yes. not do guess the lines right now? This would be the greatest moment in show history. Here you go. I'm ready. Go ahead. Pats Chiefs. Pats by seven and a half.
0: Pats Chiefs. Pats seven and a half. uh... <laughs> I'll go eight. Go ahead. What do you got? Giants, okay. Cowboys, at Giants at Cowboys.
1: All right. Shout out to Cousin Sal because this is his idea. All so right. Giants, Cowboys is, that's in Dallas? I'll
0: go first. Yes. Go ahead. In Dallas, Giants at Cowboys, Dallas six. Dallas six? Yes. So you're, you think Eli's going to be in jail? I'm just giving you the first game of the season <laughs> off their year last year. Eli's fine. He's not in any trouble. I'm telling you, that's not going to okay. happen. Hearing Eli today, he's not in any trouble. So I just okay. think I think the Cowboys, a lot of, lot of early season stuff about them. Lot of big yep. Three would be the rote the one. But week one, I'm going to go – it's going to be Cowboys, I think, six. Five and a half, I would, six.
1: I would say four and possibly four and a half. Okay. There's, there's always Giants money in week one. I think, uh, fortunately for Giants fans, Goodell will protect Eli from whatever happened because he loves the Mara family.
0: And Vikings, uh, again, will open on Monday night at home against the Saints. Oof. Now, the Vikings, if that's you want to, last year when they were great early and then awful late, uh, that, that's, that feels to me like a, just a typical, well, Saints, uh, probably Minnesota 4, probably something like that.
1: Yeah, I would say Minnesota four and a half. And I already like the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I but you know, the one thing, that Minnesota Saints.
0: defense is good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think exa- Bradford. Yeah, Bradford. Very- the offense is just awful. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, just awful. And that team last year, I mean, how how good were they early in the season to fall apart the way they did last year? I mean, that that is just unbelievable. That, that's well, it's fascinating
1: that the GM was basically saying, you know, Bridgewater's down. We're a Super Bowl team. I'm giving up my first-round pick for Bradford because this is yeah. I don't want to mess that up. And they, started up. Off and they great. weren't even
0: close. Yeah, well, they started off great, and then they felt their whole offensive line fell apart. I mean, completely. I mean, it was ridiculous how bad they I played. I
1: will say this. I, as much as I despise the Giants with every fiber of
0: my body, mm-hmm.
1: I do think if you played that Packers game ten times – I think they went for it. shouldn't
0: have fallen apart. And if they had held on... Yeah, they, they, it was listen, a they, wonky game. Not only that, they dropped three touchdown passes. I mean, it was yeah, unbelievable. They, they,
1: especially that first drive. They drop one in the end zone. Odell messes up one. And to give up the play at the end of the second quarter when you knew that was death. Then they stop them. They get a lucky break. They're coming. It just... I don't, I'm not convinced that they... You know, maybe four times, maybe even five times they went in Green Bay and... I don't know. Giants Atlanta would have been somewhat more interesting than than Packers atlanta I'll
0: tell was. you right now, this I can guarantee you. And Crafts Krafts even made this statement that Pats that far ahead. First of all, any coach with a brain and the Pats lose. But he said, "We play in the Giants. We never win that game." I mean, that's a tr- I mean, there's no way that game. If you're off the blank, I don't know how you ever recover from that game. That was the worst coaching in the history of mankind. I mean, if you could lock the coach in a room, you win the game by 10 points.
1: I'm so glad you brought this up because I've watched that game, I'm going to say, I've watched the second half at least eight times
0: now. Oh, uh, Don't get me started. They're not it's, on that game. It is a coaching catastrophe. After the and Julio Jones that, like, catch, it is impossible to lose that. If the coach didn't even think again or, or if he went in the locker room and hid, they would have given him the trophy. Right. They would have brought him the trophy. Well, but some of it's on Matt Ryan, too, because like, if you watch the last 11 minutes
1: closely, He's snapping the ball with 20 seconds left on the play clock. Oh like, please! I think he gave them an extra like oh, 65 seconds. The, the one
0: thing that couldn't happen is they couldn't turn the ball over. And if they never, if they never do anything except run the ball into the line and punt, they will win the game going away.
1: I want you to know something, Mike, and and I have witnesses. I never gave up on Tom Brady. I never gave up. The game was, was over. 28-9. The game was
0: mathematically over.
1: No, it was 28-9. I was like, 8-8-3. and
0: 3. We got this. Yeah. I, just, how can you give up on that yeah, game? You had to get the turnover, though. Without the turnover, it's not happening. I know.
1: But that's the thing: when you watch the sounds of the game, and I, I've watched every NFL Films product that they've released to that game. And Dan Quinn's on the sidelines going, "Keep attacking, keep attacking." What was that like,
0: about? We have to yeah. win by a big margin. What are you out uh, of your mind? When is that the idea of winning a Super Bowl? If right, I was of the blank, I would have had trouble. I, I would. I would have had trouble dealing with my coach after that game because yeah, there's he, no excuse for stupidity. That was just plain stupidity, plain
1: too, though. Arthur Blank gets blamed because he goes down on the sideline and the game wasn't over. It's he should have gone, gone down and got a whistle.
0: He should have gone down and started sending in running plays. That's all he should have done. If the Julio uh, Jones makes the catch, they cut the Belichick. Belichick's looking like the game's over. He knows the game's over. Right. You just you do three QB sneaks and kick a 40-yard field the goal.
1: The game's and over. It's, and
0: it's done. Uh, don't now, get me started on that game again. Oh, it's unbelievable. It was...
1: It was uh it was God's way of making up for the helmet catch which if you really watch the
0: helmet catch game carefully <laughs> which one you want you I'd... want to say he was down at the line of scrimmage or you want to say that it was not a catch which one
1: No no he caught it I'm just saying that whole last drive with the the four holding penalties and the helmet catch the fact that the, you know, uh, Asante Samuel doesn't catch that interception that's just thrown right at well, him.
0: Wait a second! What about your Seattle win? I mean, are we kidding? <laughs> what? I, know. I know. I think we're even. Are we, we're, we're are even. we kidding? <laughs> we're definitely even. the last two. Se- the last two Patriots Super Bowl wins are unbelievable. I mean, it's I amazing know. they won those games.
1: Well, I think the the one thing I will say that they had in common was that as the game went along. Brady's experience and his ability to just kind of wing it and just spread the spread the field and not feel the pressure of the whole situation and just throw the ball, he's the best at it. You but, know, I I think Peyton Manning was also great at it. Brady's better and he did it more times. When and,
0: Brady has exhausted a pass rush and he knows it's no longer a factor, you, yeah, you're dead. You are. When you have to have the element that you're going to hit him because that changes how he attacks. Once right. he knows he has an exhausted pass rush and there's it's no way he, it's, you might as well hide the kids because it is over. It is then well, also, completely over.
1: Tactically, they did the same thing in both games, right? Where they have that bullet in the holster of all right, spread the field. Brady calls it at the line, and yep. we just we wing it. They know they can do that, but they try to win not doing that. They fall behind, then they have to go to that, and it works. So you could argue, like, well, should they do that the whole game, or does it work partly because it's such a monkey wrench halfway through the game the other team can't handle it. But it's unassailable, right? He's the best quarterback ever. Even you would admit that.
0: Um, Again. You take anyone over him in a big game? Maybe Montana, that's it. Maybe Joe, because Joe was just so super – instinctively cool it was unbelievable he was just yeah. i will say with montana
1: yeah. like i remember being in college after one of those Super Bowls that they won by like 40 yeah and it was like over at that point it was like yeah joe montana's the greatest ever so i do think you know we're those seeing two now with Jordan those and
0: LeBron. two the, 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 i mean that's all you're talking about we're talking with bill simmons all right give me something on we we covered the nfl first of all um I can't believe you got me started on the Super Bowl because I could do a month on that Super Bowl. But, uh, uh, me too. I two months. Uh, the Red Sox. Yeah. Good, bad, or indifferent?
1: Um, you know, they have this GM that has no problem trading great prospects for, for impact guys. And Chris Sale is a beast. He might be, you know, Pedro is the best pitcher I've ever seen in my life. For Red Sox pitchers, I think Clemens is second. But Chris Sale, like just the ceiling of his starts. Like it's it's already a must watch. Like, oh Chris Sale's pitching. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch. he's one of those guys that's like that's the fourth inning. Did the other team have a hit yet? Like you're looking at that. That's how good he's
0: been he is good. I mean he he's got great stuff. And I'll tell you, Pedro's the second best I ever saw and the first doesn't count because he wasn't mortal and that was Sandy in his prime. But Mm -hmm. uh, but Pedro was when he was in his prime like Yankee Stadium, Chili Davis, right. that Pedro was just unhittable. I mean, 17 Ks and one
1: hit yeah. against the 99 Yankees, which uh, was just their best team.
0: unhittable. I mean, he was just, he was amazing. Uh, uh, utterly amazing. And it's funny, Chipper Jones was doing his book thing the other day, and he said Clemens was the guy because he said the one thing, he had the great stuff plus he thought on the mound. And he said most of these guys right. are dumb bricks on the mound. And he said he right. thought. <laughs> And had that stuff. That's why Clemens was that good. So Yeah, the Red you know.
1: Sox are really good. They, I mean, they have good bats. They had a bad breakout. Everyone on the bats. team got sick.
0: How about the pretty boy left fielder? you think he's for real or what? Ben ten days? Yeah. You already have a plaque to him outside the building, or what? I mean, 2.0? Oh, that's what I mean. He's, you know, he's already, he, you know, he has to be, you know, and he's also the cutest, and you know, he's got oh posters up and the whole thing. So already, you got that guy in the Hall of Fame, right? You know, after two weeks. I
1: would say that he, yeah, he, there's a chance he might be from. From a sex appeal standpoint, the most beloved Boston athlete of all time. time <laughs> said done. He might, I mean, he might be the Red Sox Joe davis
0: Every twelve-year-old girl in the oh whole my God. In the whole tri-state area has a picture of him. That's for sure. I mean, you know, no he's better looking than Brady. You know what else? He's great.
1: He's—I re- mean, he has. He's great really good. He's, he's really got a good. great swing. He plays really hard. You know what? He's, he's really good. He has player. No holes. He's a good-looking player. And Mookie's great. It's a really good Red Sox no, team. It's a and a good the team. Yankees. I was saying I had uh, Deja Samara on my podcast yesterday, and we were talking about 97-04 to 04 was just this Red Sox-Yankees rivalry that, you know, it was really meaningful, substantial, kind of unbelievable. And then and now it's kind of dead. Oh, yeah. And it's dead for a bunch of reasons. Well, not, baseball not killed it, of first of all. Stadium. And baseball yeah, and killed time, it. Yeah, and the time, the length of the game. Yes. But with the guys that the Yankees have now, these young guys, they and the guys the Red ones. Sox have – yeah, it could be a rekindling.
0: Why not? It'd be fun. It would. It would be. It would be a lot of fun. So tell me this before we go. Number one, final score of the series: Boston, Chicago is what? I'm fascinated Chicago, by the series. I'm fascinated by the series. So go ahead.
1: I think Chicago wins in six. I think it's too hard to blow the. I'm going to say five. The, at home, I'm going to say great.
0: I'm going to say five. So go ahead. Okay. So you not you don't think they're going to come all the way back?
1: And I think Houston, Houston wins in
0: five. Uh, um, you, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City win one game by like thirty, and that's yeah, the only game they'll win. Yeah.
1: There will be a game where Westbrook fouls everyone on the other team. Right, he'll win no The one game years. where
0: they'll put everybody in in the second and the third quarter, and then they'll lose by thirty-five. But that'll be the only game they lose. Yeah, yeah. I agree with yeah. that
1: one. Now let me ask you this: Go ahead. If, if they get swept, mm-hmm. and Westbrook wins the MVP, is that is that
0: awkward? Um. No, I don't count the postseason. I really don't. But the the MVP's gotten silly because LeBron's the best player, but now we're going to go on the statistical analysis and pick Westbrook over Harden. And I guess it's okay, but they just decided somewhere along the way they didn't want LeBron to win any more MVPs. I don't know why they decided that, but he's always still been the most valuable player. I just don't know why they decided along the way they weren't going to give him any more.
1: Yeah, I wrote a big column about this last week. I picked Harden. But I have these four questions that I try to stick with like when I try to sort out in my head who the MVP is, because I right. think it's important. I think it's a document of the history of the league. And LeBron has, has been the answer to this question for since 2008. If the aliens, it's the Bob Ryan question, if the aliens land and they challenge us to a five-on-five game for the future of the universe, who do you pick first? And it's LeBron. It's like, all right, we got LeBron. Who are the it's four? It's not even close. That's it. It's not even it's not close. not even close. And it hasn't been close since 2008. And, you know, that's why it's like, oh, yeah, I couldn't vote for him for MVP because of how Cleveland died as the season went along, uh, especially down the stretch. I just feel like if you have LeBron and Kyrie, that's 55 wins. I don't care who else is on your team. Kyrie is unbelievable. He's as good as John Wall. You know, it, it, just to have those two, is he is a great
0: thirty-two games. He doesn't, he couldn't guard you, but he is a as good a penetrating guard as there is in the sport.
1: But uh, I have a newsflash for you: John Wall can't really guard anyone either. Like well, the German guys running a mock on him these first he, two games. He, he, John he, Wall's not a great defender. He,
0: no, he but he can defend though if he chooses to. He yeah, is athletic enough. Uh, Irving's not a, a defending anybody, but I tell you, off the dribble and and to the basket, right. he's as good as that gets. What well, the thing g- about the How good do you yeah, think the super- freak is? I think
1: the freak. I think it, it was just funny. Compare him anybody, to somebody.
0: Compare him to somebody.
1: You can't. It's impossible. It would be like I guess you would compare it to Julius Irving from the ABA in 1974, if he wow. grew five inches and his fingers were twice the size, and <laughs> Doctor J <laughs> had like the biggest hands of all time. Uh, it, but there's. He's so unconventional and so unorthodox and so talented. It was funny to watch other people who haven't really seen the Bucks And what did he
0: get picked? 15, what was he, 15th in the draft? 14th? Yeah, he,
1: he may or may not have gotten picked right after uh, Kelly Olenek.
0: When you think about that, now maybe, listen, I don't know, that's what I always say when people ask me about the NBA draft and we're talking about Bill Simmons, I always say to the fans, listen, I don't know who's in Europe, so I'll just go in by the guys I've seen in college because when they show up with a Porzingis or they show up with the Greek Freak, it blows everything out of the water. I don't know these guys who are over there in Europe, so I don't so see, you don't I did see that those draft. guys. Yeah.
1: I did that draft for ESPN, right. and Jalen and I were, <laughs> I think one of our hotel rooms, watching the Freak on YouTube, and it looked like he was playing as ninth graders, and we're just like, yeah, he looks great, but how old is the other, like, we just, right. it's impossible Well, how to did now. he get picked that low? I, the question at the time was, did he get picked too high? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it, it seemed like it was, fool, it was fool's gold in a lot of ways. It was a guy who, you know, had really not played anybody whatsoever, and there was questions about whether he could get out of Greece and... You know, it was a right around the spot. Do you think where he Porzingis
0: have can have a better career than the Greek freak?
1: No, I think Giannis is gonna win the MVP someday. I would I would lock that down. If if nothing happens to him from an injury standpoint, that guy is gonna win the MVP. I think, I think Porzingis.
0: I think he can be that good, Porzingis. If he if they I would just build the team around him, he should be able to get eight to ten on the foul line a night before the game starts. Before the national anthem. He's so seven here- foot three.
1: Here's the, the thing that, if I was a Knicks fan, it's not in the top ten of things I would go nuts about, but it's, it's up there. They could have had Rubio for Rose. That was sitting there. Rubio, for some reason, Rubio and, and Rondo have just, people decided they were completely worthless with the way basketball is going. And these are guys that know how to get the ball to the right people if they have the right teammates. To me, it's like, you just got to get Rubio. Like You just have to. Um so what he's making 13 million a year next year the year after like great you're paying Courtney Lee 15 million anyway and Joe Kimble is 17 oh, it's not like you have cap space just do it but you want to surround Porzingis with people who are going to try to make him better Derrick Rose is the opposite He's a one man show. He's like Westbrook last night, you know. You put him in pick and and
0: roll and then you also give him just one little shoulder turn off the low block, he could be unstoppable. He's seven foot three. He's seven foot three. And he can shoot. And he's got a great shooting touch. He's got a great touch. And you, and you left out the key part. He doesn't hurt you on the other end.
1: No! And Kelly Olinnick can look good every once in a while, but he does, he murders the Celtics on the other end. as the stretch five, Porzingis can actually protect the rim. He's, all, he's
0: really, he's, yeah, and he's got a little bit of toughness in him. He really does. He could be a great player. It's just that the, it's wasting away quickly. It really is. It's kind of sad. I think
1: the Knicks fans, he, uh, here's my advice. I said this on my podcast yesterday. I think we've now reached the point where we have to do, like those benefit videos that they did in the 80s, like the We Are the World type things. All the Nick fan celebrities <laughs> have to get together and actually do a song to try to get Dolan to sell the team. He's not That's like the sell
0: the, They they are so successful, it's unbelievable. You know, he turned yeah. the team over to Jackson, and people loved it. It just Jackson sold him a bill of goods. He definitely did. He did. And then he,
1: and then he exercised the option, which I thought was equally insane because J, James Dolan. He does something admirable, like he says, "Well, look, I hired that guy." He said that on the Yes Network. Yeah. I hired that guy. I stick to my, dun- yes. my guns. I
0: make a deal. That's my, him. My, you know, my word is open. He, like, he, he does say he, does, he, he would not back off the deal. That's true. He won't do that.
1: Okay. So let's, let's hold that thought for a second. Yep. This is a guy. How many heads of MSG has, has James Dolan had? He said like 10. He fires people all the time. You know, he can't fire Phil Jackson, but he hire, he fires everybody at MSG and all these other people. You know, persons. he stuck
0: he, by Sather all those years, and it turned out okay for him with the hockey team, though, you know, and he left him alone. You know, but I tell you something, Sather at least did a job eventually and, and started putting a winning right. team out there. Jackson, you know, I really think Jackson sold him a bill of goods.
1: I think he sold him a bill of goods. I
0: think he thought
1: he was going to get Steve Kerr as his coach, and I think Steve Kerr was very close to coming.
0: Best and decision of all time, you know. Best, best decision of all time, when you think about it. It's
1: He had this fork in the road choice. How good is that? The, yeah, you turn left, and you're basically going in on concrete walls. 166, right and 166
0: losses or a couple of championships. Uh, really nice nice, nice fork in the road.
1: And by the way, that that was a big deal for him, because Phil was like his mentor. And yeah. the, his sounding board, and he wanted to work with Phil Jackson. He looked at the assets they had, the roster they had, the thought of trying to make a Carmelo situation work in this decade when the ISO ball thing just doesn't work as well as it used to, and then also the management, and he's just like, I'd rather be with with uh, Joe Lacob and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Like I have a better chance to win. The Knicks, this is the other thing that you know the the Knicks have really lost prestige this century. Oh. You know LeBron
0: You got to win, you got to win eventually, otherwise it doesn't work.
1: The, their name doesn't mean anything. Like LeBron LeBron turns them down. Everybody thought LeBron was going to New York myself included. Um Durant doesn't even give him a meeting. You know, it's yeah. just they're at a really bad place and uh and he'll never sell. He will no, never and listen, ever. They, they, sell.
0: And listen, the garden is worth a fortune. He couldn't he, listen, yeah. it's they're making a fortune. So that, that's not the case. All right, I gotta go. Listen, uh, we'll do this again because otherwise we not, I gotta get a couple of commercials in. So and one I'm we here. should tell him is ringer.com. ringer dot com. Ringer
1: dot theringer.com.
0: The ringer dot com. That's where they yeah, should. Yeah, that's go. where
1: you can read me, listen to all the podcasts. The ringer see you.
0: bye. All right. Bill Simmons. Bye-bye.